Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land, and thank you for joining us for the Ogletree Deacons podcast today. Uh, My name is Kevin Bland. I'm a shareholder in our workplace safety group in Orange County, California, and I'm here today with Ms. Karen Tynan, a Sacramento shareholder and chair of our West Coast OSHA practice. Uh, We're discussing uh, OSHA interviews today, Karen. This is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Understanding the rights, procedures, and risks of employee interviews that can help you be a better manager, HR professional, or general counsel. This is one I know we've both been really looking forward to because um, it's where you can really talk about tactics and strategies, best practices, and kind of roll up your sleeves in what an OSHA case means. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't we just start with just the basics, uh, Karen? What the rights uh, to Cal OSHA, who holds the rights in Cal OSHA interviews is a better way to put it. Of employees or supervisors? Uh, is it Cal OSHA holds the rights? Is it employees? Does the company? How does all of that work? Just the basics. So let's talk about uh, when an OSHA inspector, a COSHO, wants to interview employees. They certainly do have a right to interview workers. That's, that's not questioned. And workers have interview right. They hold their right to um, say, hey, here's who I want in the room. Here's, you know, whether I want to give you my cell phone number. Here's whether or not I want that interview recorded. Unions also end up being involved in the interview process. And uh, many times we'll be sitting at the table with a represented worker, correct? Yes, absolutely. And uh, Cal OSHA will typically, in working with Kevin or me, ask, oh, if I want to interview the three people that were on the salad line when Steve got hurt, you know, are they represented? Do we need to coordinate with the union? What can we do to interview these three workers? That's the process. Yeah. Uh, can I can I say something? I like to say Cal OSHA has interview as a tool. Yes. Employees have rights as oh, that's a, a good way to, put to be it. Yeah. interviewed. Yeah. I, like to, I like to kind of cloak it like that. I, and, I, uh, and I think that's important for folks to picture it. That's their tool to use but the rights are held with the person that's being interviewed. And I have had workers uh, refuse to be interviewed. I've had workers that really want to be interviewed. They feel like they want to tell a narrative, right? They want to say, um, you know, what happened when Steve's thumb went in the grinder, right? When you are coordinating and managing interviews, it's important to remember that interviews with workers are going to either be recorded, not my preference, or written down with notes. Um, sometimes even the inspector will take a bunch of notes during an interview and then slide them across the pa- the table and say, hey, uh, will you sign my interview notes? This is your statement. That, that's yeah. a doozy, oh, isn't that, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I and, think that grinds your gears, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it does. This is my favorite topic. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, because uh, I'm talking to the bit to throw my two cents in. So first of all, in order to be recorded in, in California, you have to get permission. So I'll, 
What's the most important thing, Karen? Explain that right to the employee. Because you'll find right. a lot of people don't like to be recorded. They may want to tell their statement, but they don't necessarily want to be recorded. And that's their right. It's not Cal OSHA's right. It's not our uh, right to say yes or no as the employer, unless it's our manager. Right. Which they're going to get to in a minute. So and, I think that's important. And I, I, I think what? that when the worker says, and I've been in the room and you have to, I don't want to be recorded. What I hear 90% of the time is, oh, well, um, it's just going to take longer than if I can't record you. And I usually just say, oh, that's fine. I've got all day. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And uh, the other thing to keep important uh, to to know, I think, Karen, and you agree Mm -hmm. with this, why why does it make a difference? It is, and in my mind, this isn't a sworn deposition. We don't have rights uh, to object to the form of the question, to exclude. It, the questions are very imperfect. And right. it's one thing to unring a bell of the inspector saying this is what he said or she said versus them playing that recording. When Even though it's a bad question, it's very right. hard to unring that bell. So it's very important. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, bad questions get bad answers. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I think. And with that, the talking about the worker having the right, if that worker wants uh, counsel from the company in there, if that worker wants their union rep, if that worker demands that they have their brother in the room, which I've had them do because they feel like their brother's a better interpreter, whatever, that's the employee's right. And they can't be trampled upon. Um, Certainly you can uh, talk with them about their preferences but I think that sometimes it gets a little glossed over with the average non-management worker and how they get to control who is in the room. Well, let me ask you this, and along those lines, uh, are we allowed as counsel for the employer to talk to the employee before the interview? Yes. And, <laughs> we and can, why is that important? It's important because, number one, we're going to be coordinating the interviews. And typically there's some preparation because it's such a foreign process for employees to be interviewed. They need to understand that they're not under oath, right? They're not swearing and it's not um, something that they have to be worried that they're going to sign an affidavit at the end. Frankly, employee interviews after a serious accident or a fatality can be very emotional. It can be very difficult for employees. Some employees need to be counseled after. And I mean with a counselor, not with with me. Like a grief grief counselor or something. And so it's critical to explain the process, to explain the rights before the interview, and to help the person understand. And sometimes they'll even be lingo used by an inspector that seems a little foreign The other part I always like to let workers know is going to happen is that at the start, the inspector is going to give you his card or show you his ID and tell you, you know, you you can't be retaliated against. You can't, you know, be discriminated against based on this interview. And and here's my card. And if you get retaliated against, you give me a call. And then the inspector says, and if you want the company's lawyer not to be in here, you can kick them out. Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and that brings up a point just to share a little bit of, and especially for any practicing attorneys that may dabble in this area and have done a lot of it, it's very important. One is I always 
tell the employees, say, look, you own the bundle of rights, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we don't want to be interfering with the government investigation. Right. We saw that in Washington, D.C. a couple of years ago, what can happen, right? right. So we're not, don't want to interfere. You don't want to cross that line. The other thing that always gives the employees, in, in my mind, peace of mind, is I say, look, the very most important thing for us as your employer is you tell the truth. Absolutely. We want you to tell the truth. That's important. And then, and then, if you want me in there, fine. If you don't, that's fine. There's no. It's all up to you. I just want you to be comfortable. And then, to your last point of lingo, right. and I usually say, you know, I want you to tell the truth. Let me give you. A, let me just throw out a, a quick uh, question, like an example, of what you may hear. Say, okay, tell me about the company's SB one ninety eight. That's your question from the Kalosha. Uh, and then, what do they say? Uh, I've never seen their SB-198. And then that's uh-huh. when I go into, hey, uh, remember when I wanted you to tell the truth? You know we have an IIPP safety program and all that. Yeah, yeah, we we use that all the time. Well, you just lied without meaning to because you said you'd never heard of SB-198. Right. That's another name, old school name right. for IIPP. And so that's something to make sure, and the point of that is to make sure when you're talking to them the truth as you say mm-hmm. it can take many forms and you can be telling the truth but be lying about the question because it's a bad question because it's a bad question yeah. i'm sorry i didn't mean to steal all your thunder but I- that's okay i use a different example when mm-hmm. i'm talking about lingo i tell the employees that there might be questions about a heat illness plan and you might be asked if you've been trained about acclimatization and some people go, well, I don't know what acclimatization is. It's kind of a fancy word. I don't even use it regularly, yeah, right. right? And I'll say, but but did you get trained about how to get used to hot weather? Yeah. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's acclimatization. That's lingo. And so I'm happy to be there, you know, helping you out. And, um, you know, you have to m- make clear to the employee what's going to happen in the interview. And like you, I always stress you need to tell the truth. The other thing I, I think it's important to stress is don't guess and speculate. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, I think I was going to talk about this later, but you've teed it up so nicely. <laughs> um, there's two questions that I hear inspectors ask. One is, what do you think caused the accident? And what do you think the company could do better? Well, most people want to answer. Right. As a human, you want to be in this conversation. It feels uncomfortable to say, well, I don't know. And so someone will say, well, maybe it was caused because Kevin's glove got pulled into the grinder. And then pretty soon in the notes, it's, you know, the employee said that the accident was caused. No, by- <laughs> and it turns out the guy wouldn't even wear gloves. And then they'll right. twist it into, well, he should have been wearing gloves. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so... So I find that letting people know that speculating isn't part of the interview process and guessing isn't part of the interview process. It's really about what you know and what you can share truthfully. No, absolutely. Very good point. Very good point. Karen, what about uh, it's a, now it's a supervisor and, and, and tangential to this question. I want you to talk a little bit about people getting this trap of a lead person versus a supervisor, uh, but let's, Forget about the lead for a second. And what about a supervisor? Do, how do we handle the supervisor interview? So the supervisor is going to have us there. And the biggest reason for that is because of admissions, right? right. And supervisor interviews are going to have uh, preparation. And we're going to make sure 
that the supervisor understands uh, admissions. And it's really uh, critical that whoever is talking to supervisors and putting them forward for interviews understand the difference. And the scenario you talked about, you can get in a situation where there's a, a lingo used in the workplace and sometimes someone's a lead person or a foreman. Or here's my favorite scenario where someone was working as a lead on Tuesday, but they're typically a foreman, but they got assigned as a lead. <laughs> right, right. And and then the inspector says, well, they're a foreman. Right. right. And so anything, okay. right. And so what they say because they're a supervisor, is imputed to the company, even if they weren't acting as a supervisor at that time. I think you and I have had that fight a lot of times over the years. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that happens along the other, because remember, the big distinction between employee and supervisor is anything they say is an admission. It's no different than the CEO sitting there and saying it. Uh, versus an employee, it could be excluded possibly by hearsay from the interview, they have to testify for whatever it is. Uh, and I have somewhere... They will call someone that's not a supervisor, manager. Uh, we uh, oil fields right now. They call it the rig manager. He actually is the guy that operates the rig. He's not right. the manager, uh, and so uh, we have to be very clear with Kalosha, who's quote unquote a supervisor. Or I've had this where they try to make the journeyman. Is a journeyman right. working with an apprentice? Well, don't you work? Doesn't the apprentice work for the journeyman? Doesn't work for right. him. He works with them. He know, right. he or she knows. You know, he's more experienced. So yeah, we're going to pair them up. And so don't fall in those traps. The other distinction that uh, I'm just the one I put a, make very clear is that we talked about the employee rights to say mm-hmm. no to the council yes. for us being in the room. Supervisor doesn't have that. that We're right. going to be there. We get to be in there whether they want us in there or not. And typically the supervisors do, and they want to understand the process and be prepared properly and understand the kind of questions they'll be asked. And they will be asked about training and uh, the accident, uh, all of those uh, kind of parts of an investigation. And, you know, sometimes it's even worthwhile as part of prep to review documents, you know, and say, hey, remember the heat illness plan, because you're going to get asked about the heat illness plan. Uh, exactly. What are what are some of the things that you do? And I think it's very difficult to be interviewed. I've only ever been under oath once in a hearing. I was like so nervous and <laughs> and uh, after so many years of coaching people, yeah. I had to kind of take a breath yeah. and listen carefully, not to the question that I wanted to be asked, but to what the question was. Oh, exactly. Exactly. This, that, that's so important and part of our prep. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my favorite thing to do is we're going through this scenario and explaining mm-hmm. what to do. And then I, in the middle of it, I'll look across the table and I go, Hey, do you know what time it is? And they'll look up their watch and go, yeah, it's 4.30. I go, that's what I'm talking about. I didn't ask you what time it was. I asked if you knew what time it is. So yes. the answer would be yes, right? Oh, now I get it. And one other favorite story uh, is I was in an interview and I'd had this discussion with them. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, who do you work for? And they said, you know, ABC company. What's your current position? Sitting. And I, and I go, <laughs> That's a good I one. Go, I go, I, I know we talked about this, but you can be a little bit more relaxed than that. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I use the breakfast example mm-hmm. for answering. I say, if the inspector says, hey, did you have breakfast today? You can say yes or no. Mm-hmm. It's not, 
Yeah, and I had bacon and eggs and drank a cup of coffee and read the New York Times and watched CBS while I was having breakfast. And, uh, you know, the dog ate some scrambled eggs. I, you know, dropped on the floor. <laughs> Did you have breakfast? Yes or no? That's it. Exactly. And um, I think that, that giving people a couple of lighthearted examples about non-rambling is pretty helpful. No, absolutely. And I know we talked a little bit earlier about the uh, the labor union being mm-hmm. involved in interviews. Is there anything you want to add to, to that? Let's just close out that that line of information with there's typically a very collaborative relationship with Cal OSHA and the unions. They'll uh, be very receptive to uh, calls from the union, to giving updates, to getting information from the unions. And so an awareness of that, especially after a workplace accident, is critical. Yeah, well, very, very good point. Uh, and uh, I'll just add one little tidbit is that a lot of my interviews that I've been to with labor unions, usually there's a decent relationship with mm-hmm. the labor union and us, and, and, and it hasn't been uh, so bad. There's other ones that may that aren't, but for the most part, don't let it scare you too much as employers. Then uh, let's let's uh, uh, jump into the uh, issue of uh, kind of a typical uh, kind of uh, the idea of like when you you talked about lingo and colloquialisms and the problem with that. What are some of the OSHA inspector basic tactics that you see or you can expect to see if you're an employer in these interviews? Well, first of all, most of the inspectors try to establish rapport with an employee. For example, they'll say, oh, I was an iron worker for 20 years or, oh, I see that you're in such and such union. So they they typically try to find a connection across the table and work towards getting some admissions. Uh, They do typically ask a lot about training. They're looking for gaps in training. That's a basic technique. Uh, they also, and this is the uh, favorite of mine, they try to get personal contact information from an employee. They'll, they'll say, hey, you know, um, uh, before we go here today or before we go much further, can I, can I get your cell phone number in case we need to follow up? Many employees will um, kind of bristle at that. People don't like giving out their personal information knowing it's going to end up in a government file. So a lot of people say, hey, contact me through the union or contact me here at work at the general number. I'll give you a call back. Um, And uh, also they'll ask questions that do drive the citations. And if you're sitting in there, whether you're general counsel or safety manager, you'll be able to tell a lot just from the citation questions. Uh, You'll be able to figure out, are they looking at IIPP violations? Uh, All that kind of uh, information is helpful when you're looking at the kind of initial tactics. Uh, very, very good points, Karen. Uh, and I, I know we can't cover everything that's going to happen in an interview in 20 minutes, but can we go through just a few of the typical interview questions that you'll probably see? Sure. So, of course, um, and you referenced this a bit earlier, uh, the employees are going to be asked if they've been trained in the IIPP, right? right? And sometimes they don't remember that it's the IIPP, right? It's got another name at their company. Yeah, it's yeah. called Safety 101 or something else. Yeah, the Safety First Program, right? R- right. And so uh, it's helpful in that pre-talk for to, for them to understand the IIPP. 
A typical question would be, are you familiar with the Code of Safe Practices? Well, it may also have another name, right? right? It'll. Uh, so I've seen employers call it our, our top 10 or mm-hmm. our one pager for safety, things like that. But it really is the Code of Safe Practices. A common question, how often are the safety meetings? Right. <laughs> right. Well, here's a trick. The employee knows how often, often the safety meetings he or she goes to. But you may not know that another department has weekly ones on Tuesday, whatever. Um, So that's pretty common. Um, And we talked about uh, the what if and speculation questions. Very common. How do you think the accident happened? What do you think your company could have done better to prevent the accident? Well, that's incredibly difficult to answer. And generally, because of the push in California, we're going to get questions on heat illness and we're going to get COVID questions no matter what. Um, so, so be prepared for those. I think it's critical. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Very good points. And to say there's no trick questions in those. Is- <laughs> <laughs> good point, yeah, Kevin. Yeah. With that, just a real quick follow-up last question here, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, do you meet with employees after an interview? I typically do, and I'll tell you why, Kevin, and, and you and I have talked about this before. Sometimes they're just concerned, right? They they got asked a question about, you know, Roger and shipping or something else that they weren't expecting, or they got asked about their forklift certification, and they say, well, why are they asking about forklifts? <laughs> and, and I think that it helps the person feel more comfortable. It helps them have some closure, especially if there's been an accident or fatality, uh, you know, I've sat in a room with employees after a tough interview about a fatality and just let them cry. Um, I think that that it's critical for people to understand that in an interview, the employee's adrenaline is going. It feels uncomfortable for them. Uh, they're, they're, they're nervous. Yeah. They're nervous. They're talking to a state agency. I always say, all you got to do is watch one episode of Cops and then <laughs> Right. <laughs> you get the picture. <laughs> right. And so and they need I typically try to say, hey, thank you so much. Company appreciates your honesty. We appreciate that you're helping with this investigation. Very important. We know that this is hard. I also tend to tell people, hey, uh, after an interview and after having sit with this adrenaline going for an hour or two, many people feel kind of beat up. They kind of feel like they've uh, have a hangover or post-workout fatigue. So you need to take care of yourself tonight, have a good dinner, get some rest. Because uh, what I, the feedback I've gotten from employees is that it can be so physically exhausting yeah. that they'll need to take the next day off work or something like that. And I really encourage people so that uh, you don't have another accident or you don't have a person that doesn't feel good at work, that they listen to themselves and work with HR. Oh, very good point. And uh, also that follow-up interview I found too, you, you, you get a sense of what was said. And then I don't know how many times this happened. Seven months later, we get the interview notes back. We have a sense of what they should say. They don't say anything. You, you talk to them. That isn't what I said. And right. it helps because if you have an idea of what they said, they said, yes. you can say, well, this is what you told me. Remember? Yeah, that's what I, what they right. wrote down is not right. And right. those are important things to find out. So great points, Karen, on awesome. interviewing. I really appreciate it. I hope the podcast uh, listeners uh, appreciate it. So thanks for listening to Karen and Kevin today. Uh, look for our blog articles on Ogletree.com. 
We have recorded webinars related to COVID-19 and other topics. We have a ton of other webcasts out there, COVID and workplace safety, and lots more materials on those subjects. Stay safe. Carry on. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, We'll be back with more podcasts from Karen and Kevin. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.